unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. That's just the way life is. That's the that's the way you progress. You can't, you're not going to be dumped all this out the gate. Like I can't put you through a crazy, crazy workout session your first time in because you're going to have a bad relationship with the gym. And it's the same thing with the gospel. You have yeah. a bad, you're going to have a bad relationship with the gospel if you keep trying to compare yourself to like the prophet or the apostles or people in the scriptures. Like we read the scriptures. Those are like that. That's like the apex of society, right? If I'm sitting over here every day comparing myself to the brother of Jared, I'm going to be like, dang, like, this may not be for me, you know? Hey guys, welcome back to Saints Unscripted. I'm Caleb. This is Caitlin, and we have joined the very special guest. His name is Bachelor. Bachelor, welcome to the show. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump in? I'm from Katy, Texas, West Houston. Um, been out here for seven years. Went to BYU out the gate um, for two years, and then I went to Utah to play football, and then I graduated in economics there, and then uh, went to grad school at BYU, got a master's in mass communications, and now I'm just out here preparing for law school and just uh, doing music on the side, having fun with it, just enjoying life. Yeah, nice. mm-hmm. music on the side, awesome. like like. Uh... <laughs> I'm a soft guy. I make I make love songs. I make like the. Oh. <laughs> I'm not like a rapper. Like <laughs> yeah, I just write love songs and all that. Yeah, so it's cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you may have seen this guy if you're on TikTok. Yeah. He is like pretty popular on there. All over my for you um, page. Like. I know. I I've seen him on my for you page all the time. But he is super cool because he is very open mm-hmm. about our faith on TikTok, and a lot of people have asked him questions about what it's like being a member of the church and whatnot. So we we thought it'd be awesome. We're grateful that he came on the show to talk to us and um, help us get to know him. Yeah. So have you been a lifelong member of the church or recent convert or what's what's kind of your story? Yeah. So my mom is from Samoa, so it's like mm-hmm. a strong. LES background, so she's been a member the whole time, and um, I'm not sure when my dad got baptized. It was for sure after I was born, and then we got sealed when I was like probably in like fifth grade, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been a member all my whole life. My dad's a convert, but we've always been raised in a church and all that. Awesome, that's great. Yeah. So, as far as like sharing your testimony or sharing your about your faith, I know that can. Especially these days, that's a pretty tough thing to do, especially in on TikTok. TikTok's kind of a crazy place. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, when did you start kind of doing that? What led to yeah. that? Yeah. So I've always been super open about my faith. So I grew up, then we have to go back. So I grew up in West Houston, Katy, Texas, right? There's like no members out there. It's a, it's Katy's like, Alpine, but no members. Oh, and so, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. You can imagine that that culture is kind of wild. And so, I don't know, like my parents are super, they don't care about what anybody else thinks. Mm-hmm. And so you can't be raised in a house and care about what people think. For example, like I was never allowed, like allowed to be insecure growing up. So for example, <laughs> like if a girl said, hey, you're ugly. And I went home and told my mom, a girl called me ugly. My parents would be like, you're going to believe the girl, you're going to believe us. And then... <laughs> And if you don't, if you don't believe then, you know, like, you know, like Polynesian and black parents have a way of handling things that you don't (laughs) want to deal with. So you just, you just couldn't be, you couldn't be insecure. And so, um, they've always wanted to be be firm in what I believed in. So I've I've always been like that. And it's kind of crazy. I've always posted about my faith. Um, but I don't think anybody cared until TikTok. And so when people started asking, I was already prepared. I was like, I've been doing this my whole life. And I, I used to get ridiculed in elementary school. Fourth grade, I'm not gonna say the teacher's name or the student's name, but they made fun of me for believing. And they said, like, Bachelor, how can you uh, 
believe in a man just went in a forest and saw God. And as a fourth grader, I didn't know much about the church. Um, I was just like, I don't believe that. And I went to my mom and I'm like, mom, they told me that we believe this. And she's like, yeah, that's what we believe. I'm like, what up? What? And as a kid, you could, I never just followed blindly. I had yeah. to figure it out. So since I was a little kid, I would always just do my own research. Mm -hmm. And so I started to figure things out and it started to make total sense to me. And then I went to high school and I never knew about the church's history of blacks in the priesthood. And I remember this one kid, uh, used to have like a little sermon in the hallways, like one long hallway, it's like a quarter mile. And it takes like seven minutes to walk to class. And so I was walking to class and they were arguing about faith. And as I was walking, they called me out and they looked, they said, don't listen, whatever he says, his church doesn't even like him. And me, I was, I wasn't as patient as I am now. So I had some words and, <laughs> but he was, just, but then I didn't understand what they were talking about. They're like, they don't like black people and all that kind of stuff. And then it was hard. It was tough. I went home and read a bunch of different quotes and I've always been the kid that like, all right, well, you know, you base on, you base everything off what you do know. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And then everything else, I just kind of figured it out on my own. Came to BYU, had a bunch of different experiences that were similar to that. And uh, yeah, I was always just vocal about it. I was always vocal about my progression and, and where I was with my faith and stuff. And it's always been like that. And then when TikTok came up and then I would have people commenting on this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. You know, like my parents see it. So my parents are like, hey, my parents don't like me responding to negativity. So they don't really let me argue with me. I'm ready for it. I could go all day. I don't really mind. But um, so, yeah, I've always been that kid that was always forward about what he believed. And then, you know, it just happened to pick up traction. And so, yeah, yeah I'm here I, now. I know for like speaking about my own personal experiences, I've been, on, I guess, on LDS TikTok since like the beginning, like really? end of 2019. Like that's when it started blowing up and getting traction. And so I've, I've seen all the hate. I've received all the hate comments. Um, I deal with the hate in my own very different, unique way. Yeah. How do you deal with the hate? Like, I know you said you kind of respond to the comments, but is there any other way that you, like, prepare for it or, like, you deal with the haters? Like, how do you go about that? Because I know TikTok, LDS TikTok, the comment section's ruthless. <laughs> yeah. At first, like, I used to, yeah, I understand, like, my, my not idols, but the people I looked up to growing up were, mm -hmm. um, I didn't really have, like, any, like, LDS leaders that I like looked up to, which wasn't because I didn't believe them. I just wasn't so focused on them, especially being in Texas. I was sports is huge out there. So my go to was like Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Michael Jordan. I love Terrell Owens. Don't look him up. He's like the most cocky football player. <laughs> but they always dealt with the hate like it fueled them. Right. And so for me, it was easier to receive the hate than it was to receive the love because receiving love, you don't know, respond. But it got to the point with the only reason why I didn't mind it was because I don't know, it just People have an emotional reaction. If you respond emotionally, the older I get, you just realize there's like really no benefit. Yeah. But the way that I handle it now is a little bit differently. As I've gotten closer to the Savior, you kind of realize there's a point that I hit in my life where I realize it doesn't matter who it is. God doesn't love me more than they love them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Even the ex that cheats on me, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter if he lo loves it just as much. And so yeah. for me, I was just like, there's no point in, in, in being negative with them because they're what they're saying, even if it's bad, has some kind of truth in it, mm -hmm. right? And the truth may not be in a doctrine; it may be in their own experience. And so, right. for me now, I'm just like, what can I, what can I listen? What can I gain from this to the point where if I were to sit down and have a conversation with them, that I could relate to them as well? If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's not a person behind the keyboard; like, is a real person. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. real person, and that's why, like, their hurt is real. Mm -hmm. Now, where it stemmed from, no one issue or one topic is uh, is black and white. You know, there's always oh, like oh, yeah. different layers to it. So, yeah. Yeah. You talk about your relationship with the Savior. Have Do you have like 
advice about things you can do daily? Like, how do you just continue to fuel your testimony mm-hmm. and your conversion? Um, so my little brother, he's on his mission in West Salt Lake. Um, I didn't go on a mission, but he always asked me like for advice and stuff. And so I've been able to kind of like lock in on, on what I really believe. And he was telling me like things were getting like stagnant for him. And I always wonder like, why do things never get stagnant for me? And it's one is like, I have like a curse where um, I'm always my own big, like biggest critic. Mm-hmm. So no one can really make me feel insecure because I do that. I do that myself. So. <laughs> but um, there has to be a balance between, you know, being where your feet are, but then also being willing to improve. Mm-hmm. And so I always say this with like scriptures. Um, I have like a formula of life. Val- the value has to be equal to or greater than the time and effort that you put in. And so, for example, with like temple attendance, scripture study, relationships, if that provides you more value than the time and effort and you put in, you'll continue to do it. And the reason why people struggle to read the scriptures daily, go to church weekly is because they're not getting the va- their perceived value up. And so if you really want to do something, you have to increase what that value means to you. But for me, what I do is anything I'm struggling in my life that I want to improve on, I kind of like lock in, on, hone in on it and then just trying to find different ways that I can improve. So. Um, my scripture study goes like this. Um, I love teachings of the presidents, mm-hmm. um, regardless of what people say about the presidents in the past. I'm not really concerned with their personal beliefs. I'm more concerned with like how it, how the doctrine fits with me. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to be a better future husband or if I want to learn patience or if I'm struggling with my faith, I will go find like teachings of the president gospel library. I go find like the topic and then just kind of read their take on it and see the scriptures that they apply and then read the scriptures for myself and then allow the spirit to work through me, you know? Mm-hmm. And the one thing about the gospel that's crazy is just, I realized about the gospel growing up, I used to go to these, uh, I don't know if you guys know like Joel Olstein. Yeah. Yeah. So you I go to, you, you go to like, it's yeah, like these is. mega churches. Yes, mega churches. Oh, okay. You go to these churches, you don't have to do anything. You sit there, <laughs> they'll read the scripture, they'll tell you the interpretation, they'll tell you what you need to learn for the week. And as a kid, you loved it because it made sense to you. Right. But the reason why the gospel is so crazy is just the fact that you have to internalize everything. Like it's all yeah. the work. You have to put in the work yourself. Mm-hmm. Like someone could give you a talk about fasting. You won't know until you experiment with it. And so with me, like constantly experimenting with the word, trying things out will improve your game. And so to wrap it up, like my little brother, we love football, basketball, that kind of stuff. And in in basketball, we talk about like if someone makes a good move to the hoop, you call it like the guy was in his bag. But the way that you increase like your spiritual bag, you have to keep adding little things on it. Like you can't have a testimony of tithing if you don't pay it. Right. You can't have a testimony of Joseph Smith if you don't learn about him. You can't mm-hmm. have a testimony about blacks in the priesthood if you don't read about it and understand the context of the, the country. And every little thing for me, it was just like, okay, that I'm not good at this, not good at that, not good at this, not good at that. And then you just experiment on it. And if you continue to do that. You kind of don't get bored with the gospel. It doesn't become stagnant to you. And the only time it comes stagnant to me is when I'm either not grateful or I'm honestly just not trying to improve. I'm just cool where I'm at. And then yeah. that's where things get boring for me. But yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I'm feeling yeah. like I need to really do better. <laughs> yeah, like how I, I, I like some life lessons from <laughs> no, this. I really like what you said about um, making sure that the time you put in like gives is value. Yeah, that that's really insightful. And you know, people can see that in you. Like you have this confidence uh, about your faith, and that's because you are applying it. Like people mm-hmm. can't say like, "Oh, you don't feel this way," because it's actually your own experience. Mm-hmm. And so, like, no one can say anything about that because yeah. you're applying that every day, which mm-hmm. is incredible. Man, it's crazy to say that. So my dad's preparing a talk this Sunday. And um, 
I think this might be his first time reading Alma 32. My dad has always had a natural testimony. I don't know. My dad's like a spiritual giant, but he he don't really be in the scriptures like I like him to. But it's like he already <laughs> he already knows it. He already knows it. It's kind of crazy. And so we're reading Alma 32 because he's preparing to talk about faith. And I was telling him, I was like, the reason why people struggle is because they don't work with what they have. And I think it's verse 27 where it's saying all you need is like a desire mm -hmm. to believe. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's struggling, for example, like if you're, I always use the gym because it's easier for people to understand. If you're struggling to go to the gym, people say, just show up. Honestly, you just got to show up. You show up for like the first two weeks, you get yourself in a routine of just showing up to the gym. Like the Lord can work with that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I say with like people who are struggling. Don't act like you don't need to be where you think you need to be or where you used to be. You just need to be where you are. And if you have the desire, you put in the little desire, to, the Lord will reveal things little by little, right? And he'll add things little by little into your life that will allow you to get to a point where you're like, okay, I could do this. I could do that. And that's why it's, I think it's great how the gospel is. We get baptized at eight, get the priesthood at, I think, 12. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then, sorry. And then, and then you just keep going and it's like little by little become an elder. And then that's just the way life is. That's the, that's the way you progress. You can't, you're not going to be dumped all this out the gate like i can't put you through a crazy crazy workout session your first time in because you're going to have a bad relationship with the gym and it's the same thing with mm -hmm. the gospel you have yeah. a bad you're going to have a bad relationship with the gospel if you keep trying to compare yourself to like the prophet or the apostles or mm -hmm. people in the scriptures like we read the scriptures those are like that that's like the apex of society right if i'm sitting over here every day comparing myself to the brother of jared i'm gonna be like dang like, this, is, <laughs> this may not be for me you know but you compare yourself like it's just you versus you every single day and if you ask, if you're like, dang, like this is taking me a long time to get to where I need to be. Well, it's great because <laughs> we have eternity. So you, yeah. Yeah. you're not going to run out of, you're not going to run out of time. You're not going to run out of uh, God's love. It just, you just continue to grow and he'll work with you wherever you are. You know? Wow. That's, that's solid. Yeah. That's really <laughs> solid advice. Yeah. I love that. If I could take my own advice, I'd probably be happier, but you know, <laughs> I'm good at telling it. I'm good at telling it. <laughs> Yeah, we can all do better about taking our own advice for <laughs> sure. But that's that's awesome. One thing I do want to touch on is I don't want people to watch this video and think to myself like, oh, he's I didn't do it on my own by any means at all. Like it took mm -hmm. I always say it takes a village to raise a child. It's always been a group of people and especially it gets hard to navigate by yourself. And I'll say for example, um, I was in one ward and I switched wards and I didn't really want to like the only reason why I would like to go into my ward is because we played like capture the flag every Boy Scouts. I didn't really have a real reason I was going to church. I just went because my mom told me to. I was like mm -hmm. sixth grade. Mm -hmm. We switched wards and I didn't really have any friends in there. And so I had uh, these two um, young men leader. I had a good mentor to me, Brother Shirts, and then I had um, Brother Dukes. Um, and they helped me out and they, they kind of made the gospel super relatable for me. And it carried me into high school where I had my my bishop, I had Bishop Moore, Bishop Farewell, and then I had um Brother Shaw. Shaw. But sorry. But every single week, every single week they just kept fellowshipping me. And it wasn't just like, hey Bachelor, how you doing? It was like they were pushing me to do things that wasn't culturally normal for me. Like you don't even see too many black Boy Scouts. And so I didn't really, I didn't like going camping, bro. Like high adventure was like, dude, do not, I'm not going at all. Like, summers are meant to train for football and that's it. Like all this boating and stuff. Like I was the only kid who could not pass the swim test. So I just stopped taking it. Like I stopped taking it. Like midway through high school, I say, bro, just give me the life jacket. We got to wear it anyway. But the whole point is like, People, people think that they don't have a, a role in this gospel and it frustrates me. It's like, listen, 
the biggest part of this gospel is, is the fact that, yeah, you learn on your own, but Sunday's a time for extreme fellowship. It's the catch up with the members on how your week went, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and that's why I like the fact that they got rid of home teaching. It's because you don't have to have like specific people you're assigned to. Like you're supposed to find somebody to serve and it's great to sign up for volunteer opportunities. I encourage everybody to do so, but people forget like there, there are people like my friends are struggling. I'm struggling. And we forget that we're like right here to serve each other and we don't. Mm-hmm. And then for me, like the burden that I have is a little bit different. It's going to go on attention. But the burden, like you talked to, you made me think about this when you said like there are certain things that you're dealing with on social media, certain things I deal with yeah. that are different. Um, race is a huge issue that people like mm-hmm. feel so uncomfortable talking about. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's, it's, it's hard because growing up in Texas and even growing up out here, there's a lot of uh, the two party system for me, like just ruins things for, for the faith. And so the reason why I say that is because me defending the faith to a lot of people is going against like black culture. Right. And it like eats me up. I think a, the comment that got to me to like comments don't usually, usually get to me, but the comment that got to me is um, hopefully you guys haven't seen this movie. It's radar. But someone called me Samuel L. Jackson from Django. And it's basically uh, okay, a, yeah. you've seen Django. I have. <laughs> yeah. That comment to me is worse than. Anybody calling me the N-word. Yeah. And the reason why it's because it's like someone called me the N-word is it's kind of played out. Like I'm like, all right, bet like you wanna be you could be racist, you be racist. But when they say like I'm going against my own culture, that like hits me. And cause I'm all for the advancement of black culture. And it's not because just because I'm black, it's it's for the that's what the gospel's all about. It's succoring all people, bringing all people. And so for me, it, it eats me up a lot. And that's kind of the thing that's been weighing on me too when I post about the church, is because I always know there's gonna be someone saying something like that yeah and like how i deal with it that's i've been actually been tough because like you want to respond because it's like you want to defend yourself and say like no like i love my culture mm-hmm. and then it's tough because it's like you have to fight off racist people and then you have to fight off people who hate the church and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not all people right so it's going to be a small few but when you get comments from people who are anti-lds mm-hmm. they would use the black struggle as a as a weapon yeah, totally. Right? And you. so yeah. that's what frustrates me the most is because um, I've been asked a lot about uh, the Black Menaces account. Mm-hmm. And I've been asked about how mm-hmm. how it feels. It's crazy. Um, I don't know if you guys see my video, but I talked about the uh, Brad Wilcox story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I talked about it. And I said that uh, I defended the black culture to the utmost. And I said, like, black culture is the most influential culture in America. Um, talked about the issues regarding it. But then I also said... The atonement can't coexist um, with cancel culture um, because there's no room for growth there. And man, it pissed the black menaces off. <laughs> like there is a screenshot that I wanted to release, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to release it. They were just like cussing me out in their little group chat. Wow. They oh called me. They called me. You know, they called me the N word. They said, get the N word off the stage. They said somebody, I'm, they said, someone said, I'm going to shoot this N word. And, um, me being from Houston, I was just like, listen, we can, if you want to do it, we can. But then my, my parents were just like, no, son, you're a figure now. So then you have to be like this public Christ-like figure where you can't respond. And yeah. you can't yeah. and you can't bring attention to it because if you bring attention to that, me and the black menaces have the same end goal. We just have two different ways of approaching it. And people totally. like to say, well, you're the Martin Luther King approach. No, I'm still Malcolm X approach. I'm just Malcolm X. <laughs> I'm just Malcolm X 2.0. I don't know if you guys know that about Malcolm X. Malcolm X, the, the 2.0 Malcolm X, that's the reason why he was murdered. Yeah. It's because uh-huh. he found out they were like blue-eyed Muslims. Oh. So when he found out they were blue-eyed Muslims, he was more cool with, uh, 
he was he was he was like basically like oh shoot there's white people that believe what i believe mm -hmm. and so when he was gonna when he was teaching when he was doing preach like when he was doing like seminars or like what is it, what is it called? i think it's something whatever yeah. but he was doing sermons. sermons he was doing sermons <laughs> he was doing sermons that like that that talked about unity with people yeah. that believe what you believe that's when he was shot so that's why in, in history we only talk about the first version of malcolm x mm -hmm. and so the reason why i say that is because we had the same end goal and it's tough because if i were to call out kind of the hatred I got from them, yeah. then people in the church who want to dismantle the end goal, it's going to mess it up. So I have to like, so I have to, so it's like, I'm in the middle where I'm just like, oh my goodness, I'm just getting shot from both sides. And I'm just in the middle, just taking it. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, Lord, hey, there got to be some point where I get some, <laughs> you got to give me something to work with. And so stuff like this, you don't understand this. It's really, I know like you guys say it benefits, it benefits me more than I feel like it benefits you guys just because I have a safe space where I can say, that is this the work is tough it's not yeah it's not easy like it feels good to to make to to bring people peace and stuff but on the back end like what i'm not allowed to speak up about what i'm not allowed to say that's where it like eats me up in the, yeah. in, in the yeah. private life that's where i'm over here using my mom as a therapist thinking to myself <laughs> at one point i gotta get married because i can't be pouring this on my mom all the time <laughs> but yeah no so bottom line is like you never you never know and i think like anybody that's trying to push the gospel of jesus christ it's you're going to go through something because yeah. that's the the road with the savior is a road where you're just the savior was healing people and getting hated for it. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> whatever I'm doing, I know for sure it's going to cause a lot of hate. And I just hope that uh, we can figure it out. You know, I, I, and I, I think um, the biggest thing that I've learned in my discipleship of Christ is um, as a kid, you always tell yourself, I want to change the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you grow up and you like, I realize it's not my, it's not my job to change the world. That's the savior's job. My job is to prepare the world for when he comes. Mm -hmm. And so any way that I can do that. that. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> I felt that in my soul. That was good. And so any way that I could do it in the capacity that I can, I know the Lord will appreciate. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not perfect. Like a lot of people will tell you, you know, this, this, and this about me. And it's probably true. But at the end of the day, I'm doing the best that I can, the capacity that I have, and I hope that it helps as many people as I can, you know. And so yeah. how do we respond to the hate? We just don't. We just that's what we have to deal with until mm -hmm. until their heart is softened enough to hear the message, you know. Yeah. We carry right. it. That was so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta rewatch this video. <laughs> Thank you so much for yeah. um sharing with us and also just being vulnerable about putting yourself out there. Honestly, a lot of it is really tough yeah. and it, it can be taxing and it can uh -huh. weigh a lot on your mind. So, um, but it's also a wonderful, beautiful and, and great thing to do. So what your TikTok is, is bachelor like IV, right? Yeah. Come the fourth. Yeah. Come the fourth. So my dad's a third. Oh, the fourth. Oh, yeah. oh so that's IV cool. Is, yeah. Bachelor the fourth. Um, we'll also put that in the description as well, but cool. let us know if you have any questions in the comments, uh, for bachelor here. And as always, just like, subscribe, turn on that notification button, and we will see you next time. But thanks again. No, I appreciate you guys. Yeah. This is fun. This is fun. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.